about it. And we're live. Man, I feel like I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. You know why? Because uh, you haven't seen me in a couple of weeks. That's right. But let's yeah. do our investing show now. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Real Investing Show. This is Stephen Earp with my trusty co-host, the great Taylor Davis from the Taylor Davis real estate team in Norman, Oklahoma. How are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm great. I'm super duper, really. So just uh, been talking about real estate before we started. And then we we're like, well, why don't we just why don't we just start? And why don't we just start and talk about it? So uh, so yeah, it, it, by the way, guys, if you, if you've been watching for a while, uh, uh, Taylor and I have been recording these episodes for a number of months and we're just now starting to release them as podcasts and on YouTube and things like that. So, um, please like comment and share, um, you know, download episodes if you're listening on the podcast and uh, all of those things help us out. So, uh, yeah. And let us know if you're watching live, let us know who you are, where you're from, um, post your questions or in the comments and we'd love to engage with all those questions we can. And you have but, no reason not to because we're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, podcast, YouTube, YouTube Shorts. Yeah, we're pretty much all over the place. So We're everywhere. Yeah. Are you drinking coffee today? Uh, you know what's really sad is, yes, I've had my cup of coffee and my second cup got a little cool. So I put it in the mi microwave and it's still in the microwave. So I'm coffeeless this morning during our podcast. So I, I, you know, I've been trying to get enough of like protein in and things like that. And I change things around on my diet all the time, but I, so I've been putting like a scoop of protein in my coffee in the morning, like chocolate protein. And it is like game changer. I love it really? so much. Yeah. Like I use this organic plant-based chocolate tasting protein and I put a scoop in my coffee and it's like, man, I don't know what to compare it to, but it's amazing. I switched to black coffee several years back just to save the calories. Um, yeah. But something like that. I I, I have. <laughs> uh, I, I've i realized that as I've matured, uh, certain things shift in your priorities. And I have started adding, adding fiber. Nice. My coffee at times. <laughs> you have fiber man, like, you As I'm putting my benefit fiber in, I'm like. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm like 80 right now. <laughs> Dude. Well, so first I you know, I, I ate vegan for probably a year and I lost a lot of weight. And and um when you eat vegan, you do not have to supplement with fiber at all. You get so much fiber, everything's moving all the time, man. <laughs> everything's just moving. On um, that note, you know what's not moving? Great yeah. segue is yeah. a, a lot of real estate. Yeah, true, true story. So Let's talk about the current state of the real estate market. And uh, to, just for perspective for everyone, today's date that we're recording this is Wednesday, October the 26th at approximately 9.34 a.m. So um, by the time you guys hear this, who knows when you're listening or watching this, but what else going on, Taylor, in real estate right now? Like, why, Can you give us an update on like what's happening in the market? We get lots of questions from people about um, hey, should we not invest? Should we sell? And um, yeah, so talk to me about what, what exactly is going on. So here's what's happening in the market. Um, for two years, we had 
really artificially low, and everyone knows this, artificially low interest rates. Yet we all suffer from recency bias, and we tend to go into, uh, you know, well, that becomes the new norm, right? And so yeah. we got really comfortable. And actually, the Federal Reserve, I'm going to go big picture here for a second so that we can yeah. get an idea of what's happening. The Federal Reserve is not the federal government. That's the first thing I want to debunk. The Federal Reserve is a financial institution that is separate from the federal government, yet is over monetary policy. So your elected people don't have anything to do with the feds. They are appointed by the president and they make uh, decisions to, to, I think they're appointed by the president. I, that part might not actually be true, but I'm pretty sure that the, the chairs are. Um, and uh, so there is some interference there, but they are a completely independent organization and they make monetary policy. Their entire job is to make sure the economy doesn't go in a tailspin in either direction. And so what's happened is for about, you know, after the financial crisis of 08, they have been practicing what they call quantitative easing for several years, which is means they've, yes. Okay, quick note. I asked Uncle Google and the president appoints the chair and the vice chair of the federal board. They serve four-year terms and they have to be approved and confirmed by the Senate. Yep, there you okay. go. Okay, quantitative right. They have, they're not elected. They have nothing to do. They're really like this independent organization from the government. It's not right. the federal government. It's the federal reserve. So right. when people talk about the feds, they're not talking about federal government. They're talking about the federal reserve. So the feds have been practicing what's called quantitative easing for over a decade now. And that's where they're making money easier to get. So they can do two things to, to shift the economy. They can uh, they can set uh, they can set interest rates so they can set the amount at which a bank can borrow money from them, and they can require a certain amount or a certain percentage of cash on hand. So mm -hmm. they can go into the banks and they can say, okay, banks, if you want to be federally insured, FDIC, if you want to keep your federal insurance then what you have to do is you have to keep this much money in comparison to how much money is going out. Okay. okay. So uh, by doing that, they make it, they can make it easier or harder to get money making. I mean, and here's the thing, this is the thing that blows a lot of people's minds is money is really nothing other than a commodity. It's just a commodity that we all understand the value of it because there's dollars. So there's a there's a number associated with it. So when, when you say commodity, what do you mean? So here. Well, and, and OK, it is nothing more than a way to trade for another good. Right. So right. it is subject to all of the same things that like there it is still subject to economic laws such as supply and demand. So if there's more supply of money, then the money is worth less. And if there's smaller supply of money or a greater demand for money, then, then the value of the dollar is worth more. That's right. what inflation is. So right now we know what inflation is. We know that we're, we're, I mean, you go to the you go to the gas pump and you're paying $2 more than you were a couple of years ago. You right. go to the grocery store. My gosh. My yeah. grocery bill has gone up 50% and I'm not exaggerating. It is insane. Yeah. yeah. So 
what that really means is there's so much money out there that the value of that dollar does not get you the same trade that yeah. it once did, even a couple of years ago. And mm -hmm. so that has shifted. So now what we're going into is what they call quantitative tightening, where they're trying to squeeze the market back in so they can stop inflation. And, and here's what's interesting is uh, so they started raising interest rates back in May. Uh, yeah. was when they first started raising interest rates. And no one really knew how far this would go. We knew we'd, we would see a couple of rate rate hikes and we've seen it and it's and it's kept going and it's been big rate hikes, not just a half percent. This last one was three quarters of a percent rate hike. And so that's, that's making the cost of money to borrow money go up. So that is... Yeah that is slowing everything down, which is the goal, because that's how you stop inflation. And what they recently came out and said the last time they raised, which was uh, earlier this month, they basically came out and said, uh, we are, we don't really care how bad this hurts. We are stopping inflation at all costs. And I mean, they've in a matter of words, that's what they've said. So that's why we saw all of a sudden interest rates on mortgages jump because here's here, here's how the mortgage works is somebody that's somebody's money that they're lending to you. Now you go to the bank, but the bank got that money from somewhere and they usually got it from investors. And so they, those investors want to see a return on their investment. So it's these big REIT companies, big, big money companies that have this money and they want to see a return on it. Now, as interest rates go up, they can go into and buy a bond which is another way that the Federal Reserve regulates money is they they can buy and sell bonds um, and set the price for those. So I can go get a bond, which is essentially risk-free, okay? I mean, it's basically unless the Federal Reserve collapses, mm -hmm. it's a risk-free investment. Um, I know I'm going to give them money, and in a certain number of years, maybe that's a 10-year bond. That's often a, 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 one of the main drivers is the 10-year um, I know that in 10 years, I'm going to get my money back and I'm going to be receiving interest as every year at this rate. Well, that, that rate has been so low that it hasn't mm -hmm. made sense to buy bonds. But right. now that interest rates are going up, it makes sense to buy bonds. So I can have this risk-free investment over here, or I'm going to take the risk of giving somebody money for their house, right? And giving it to a bank for them to lend it out. I want to know that I'm getting more than what I could get at the bonds. And so because we know that bond rates are going up, it has jumped mortgage rates drastically in a very short period of time. So right now we're sitting at about seven and a half percent interest rate um, for a 30 year mortgage on a primary residence. If you're a well-qualified borrower, you're going to be paying somewhere between seven, seven and a half percent, which is shocking to the system because mm -hmm. a year ago you were paying three. So right. that's what's going on. And that has led to, Everything that we're starting to see in real estate, which is this kind of slowdown um, in September, when you go month over month, uh, or yeah, if you look at months, year over year, excuse me. So if you go, yeah. if you look at September of this year versus September of last year, we're actually down 22% in number of homes sold. Mm. A significant decrease. Mm. Um, so that's kind of a, I went big picture. Now we want to dive into like what's going on, on a local level. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So lots of changes in um, the, the, the Fed is changing. They're trying to slow down inflation. They're committed to slowing down inflation or stopping it. And which 
has resulted in, you know, significant increase in um, interest rates for for homes. So let's talk about maybe two two topics. I think we'd be interested in talking about how does it impact the everyday home buyer? Okay. But then more specifically, this is a, an investing show. Yeah. So what are the implications for investors? So first, let's talk briefly. Let me ask you this. The increase in... So I'm asking you this. Maybe I'm asking you not so much as an investor, but I'm asking you as, as a licensed realtor who's been in the business for many years now. The interest rate has jumped way up. What does that do for buyers and what does that do for sellers who are looking for a home to live in? Uh, what it does for sellers right now is most likely keeps them from selling. That's okay. what we're actually seeing is we're not really seeing this decrease in prices yet. Although I think if interest rates maintain at a high level for a long period of time, we will start to see that. We're not really seeing that yet, at least locally. Um, what we are seeing is, okay, so over 50% of homeowners have a sub 4% interest rate. So what people are now faced with is this dilemma of, do I stay in this house that maybe I don't really want? I was kind of thinking about buying a different house. Yeah. Um, but if I'm going to go buy a different house, I'm going to be at 7.5% interest rate and I'm currently at 3.5% interest rate. So right. that payment structure makes it really unaffordable. We're actually at the least affordable time to buy a home in history right now because prices have gone up over the last two years um, at a at a significant rate along with everything else that's inflation. And uh, then you've got interest rates now at a 20 year high. Um, mm -hmm. It's not a historic, in fact, it's still slightly below historic averages, uh, yet it's, it's right in that range. And um, it's the most it's been in about 20 years. So when you, when you factor all of that together, um, it makes it, it makes the house that you can afford, you get, you're getting less of a home. So a lot of people are just staying put on the buy side. Um, what that means is here's the good news. If you were a buyer last year, you were probably, I mean, if you were in a competitive price range, so in our market around here, the average price points like $250,000. So if you were at 250,000, really, if you were at 300,000 or below, there was a really good chance that you were going to have to pay above asking price. There was a really good chance that you would find a home and you wouldn't get it, even if you put your best offer out there. Right. Um, we had one client that that wrote offers on 20 different houses before she finally got one. And most of those were at or over asking price. So it wasn't like she was just lowballing. Like this was these were legit offers. Mm -hmm. Here's the wonderful thing is right now as a buyer, you can actually buy houses now. Um, you can go out and you can find a home and you, you may not have to overpay. In some, in some cases, you may still have to pay over asking price, but you're probably going to be able to negotiate a little bit, which is great. As a seller, you understand that maybe you're going to have some concessions that you're going to do. Maybe you're going to offer some closing costs or maybe you're going to offer some repairs to get the deal done because now you don't have 20 buyers looking at it. You've got that one. And so it's important that, that you shift with that and you understand the times and you look at the market. But we've kind of hit this plateau. Does that make sense? Yes. So just to make it succinct so that we can take short clips and edit them. Okay. Taylor, the interest rates are double what they were a year ago. Right. If I want to sell right now, what are a few things as that's, how is that going to impact me? Uh, you need to look at 
your current competition and price based off your current competition, not off past sales. Um, so you want to look at the homes that are currently on the market that buyers are considering and reasonably place yourself in the best position so that a buyer chooses your home. You may have to negotiate on repairs or other concessions such as closing costs. Okay. Another question. Okay. Taylor. Since the interest rates are double what they were a year ago, if I want to buy a home right now, how do the interest rates affect me right now? Okay, so now's a great opportunity to buy because you're actually going to be able to buy the home. Over the last two years, you've had a hard time buying the home. You've yeah. been spending a lot of time and, and maybe paying way over asking price. Now you don't have to do that in most cases. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're going to be able to buy the home. Yeah. Like marry marry the home, date the rate. Yeah. And so what will happen is go ahead and buy the home now based off what makes sense for you and your family. And then as interest rates drop, which most experts expect them to do either in the next year or two, maybe three years, most cases we're looking at about a year and a half. Uh, as that happens, go in, buy the house. As the interest rate drops, you refinance it. And now you have a lower payment. Okay. I love that. Um, marry the home date. Take the rate. The rate. And so, because here's the deal is even at seven and a half percent interest, yeah. real estate as your primary residence is still one of the best return on investments you can get. You're going to put, let's say you buy a $200,000 house. You put 3% down on that as a conventional mortgage. You're, you've got $6,000 that you put down in the mortgage. Oh, there's, there's the one that wanted to talk to you. Yeah, I know. This is very professional, isn't it? Yes. I'm glad people like dogs. <laughs> Actually, our YouTube videos are going to skyrocket now. It's like the oh investing show with dogs. Yeah. By the way, if you're just listening on the podcast, I have to tell you, we, my wife and I got a, a, a new puppy two weeks ago. And and every time she leaves, he has major separation anxiety. And when she, when she leaves the house, he just cries and cries. And so his name's Abby. Yeah. Abby? Abby. Yeah. Abby. A-B-I. We named him after a city in West Africa called, Africa called Abidjan. So, okay. yeah. So there we go. And there he goes again. Well, I'm going to answer your question while you're on mute. So uh, <laughs> the return on investment today as your primary residence is still one of the best investments you can get. If you put $6,000 down on a $200,000 house, which is a 3% down, and you can do that with a lot of conventional mortgages out there. So you can put 3% down on a, on a, on a uh, $200,000 house you're going to, at the appreciation that we typically see, we typically see a 3% appreciation rate annually. So you're talking about a 30 plus percent return on investment on that money. So you, yes, interest rates are higher. Yes, primary residents, uh, the affordability isn't as, the, as, as good as it was last year, yet the return on investment is still over 30%. And that's crazy. Any investor would love to see 30% return on investment. So your primary residence is your best investment. Most of the time. Okay. I love it. This is good. Uh, I think we were going to talk about 
how the interest rate is affecting investors. <laughs> but I legit have a puppy that is going crazy in the background. And so my suggestion is that we we push pause on this topic and we when we record another episode dealing with investments. I love that. Let's we'll, we'll separate that into our I think we're on like episode 20 right now and we've never yeah. had a uh, background noise. Uh, this is a first and it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, an it, awesome dog. I, I don't know if, if it's okay or not, but it doesn't really matter. So it is what it is. So, so we'll, we'll yeah. go into how interest rates are affecting investors in today's market on our next episode. So even Earp, I can't even hear you. I have a dog going crazy because he misses his mom. So Thank you for following The Real Investing Show, you guys. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all the social media sites, all anywhere that you can watch a video, uh, we'll be there. And we are so glad you tuned in, and we will see you on next episode.